driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing? I'm Emma, with 10 years of the marketing industry experience, two degrees, four awards, and a whole heap of learnings along the way. I'm here to be your marketing mentor and tell you everything I wish I'd have known to give you the skills and confidence to become a superstar marketing manager. And I'm here to be your biggest cheerleader. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and let's do this. Hello, another Tuesday, a new episode. And I'm talking about something that I have managed to never talk about before, and that is trade marketing. Now, trade marketing, I do agree, is a lot less mainstream and it is one that gets a lot less airtime if you are talking to other marketing managers or getting advice about other channels. The standard ones are going to be your social media, potentially Google, influencers, all of the good stuff. But trade marketing still is there and this is much more relevant, well, it is only relevant if you have a product-based business and you are selling in to either wholesalers, retailers, or distributors. So if you are a service-based business, this potentially isn't the episode for you, so skip on to a different one. However, if you are a marketer that is in product-based business, or you might at any time in your career do product-based businesses, I definitely think that this is gonna be a helpful episode for you. And it's good just to know to be a general marketer. When I experienced trade marketing, it was not in my wheelhouse. It wasn't in my plans. It wasn't even in my job description, I don't think. And yet I picked it up and learned along the way. Now, when I have been researching trade marketing, I really feel that it's really, really vague. And so I'm gonna go through this episode different ways that I have activated trade marketing to help give you some inspiration that is outside the standard definition that you're going to see on the internet. So starting with what even is trade marketing? Now the official definition that I found says trade marketing is a strategy focused on wholesalers, retailers and distributors rather than consumers with the goal of increasing demand with supply chain partners and getting products in front of consumers. Common trade marketing activities include going to trade shows and offering promotions to potential partners. Now, let me just unpick that because it means a whole bunch of complicated words that I'm going to explain what they mean. So the first thing is, I agree that trade marketing is basically working with the likes of Booker, Costco, Sam's Club, if you're in America, they're wholesalers. Retailers is more like Sainsbury's, Asda, Tesco, or for my American listeners, Walmart, Trader Joe's, wholesalers, and then your distributors as well. Also within your retailers could be things like gas stations or petrol stations. And my experience is in food. So that's kind of where my brain goes to, but it also is just retailers, high street retailers as well, if you don't necessarily have a food-based product. Now, the difference with this, as it alludes to in that definition, but not very helpfully, is that essentially your target audience here are those wholesalers, retailers, and distributors, rather than the direct customer. But you have to remember when you're doing your trade marketing, that still, your brand awareness is still gonna be a really cool goal, but it depends where you're doing your trade marketing, because 
let me give you an example of this, and this is why it's a bit complicated. If you are trying to win new business, if you are trying to get into a retailer that you have not been into before, then they are your target audience and you are helping them, the sales and accounts team to get into that retailer with marketing tactics. However, if you're doing trade marketing to support something that's already in store, so say your product is already in Tesco, right, and your trade marketing is to support it, then my argument is that you're audience is still your regular consumer they're just seeing your product in a different place so it's still d2c marketing and it's still to the consumer versus it being to tesco if it's already in tesco you're not trying to impress tesco you're trying to impress your customer to buy it well persuade them not not impress them to buy it so let me tell you how I got into doing trade marketing. So I'm sat in an interview for a product-based business and there's two people interviewing me and they're back and forth, back and forth, talking about FMCG. And I didn't have a clue what they meant by FMCG. Luckily, they didn't ask me like directly about it and I just kind of fumbled through the interview and got in my car straight after and Googled what it meant so I wouldn't be in that position again. And essentially, it means fast moving consumer goods, which is essentially anything that's sold at a supermarket or a petrol station. And I was like, oh, so they just mean that. But obviously, that kind of acronym is used in the industry and also it just kind of sums up everything so whether you're talking about a bar of soap or a thing of broccoli it's still fast moving consumer goods but it was it's very niche so if you don't know that don't worry it's not like your mum is going to be like oh fmcg so once I got into this I started my job and I was marketing manager and because it was a smaller sized marketing team trade marketing kind of gets like added onto a job role versus it being something that is standalone once you grow your marketing team then it is a really good one to have standalone because there is so many moving parts to it but it could very well be part of your job if you are a more general marketer in FMCG marketing Trade marketing, I'm going to, I've given you the internet definition, I'm going to give you my definition, which I think is just makes it a bit easier to understand. It is essentially supporting sales or your account manager. So I'm going to use them interchangeably by either mean your sales team or your account team. Basically, whoever has a direct relationship between the company that you're working for and the retailer or distribution or wholesaler. Also, I'm just going to say retailer from now on, so I don't have to keep saying these three words over and over and drive you all crazy. So you're essentially helping support in any marketing facility that the account manager needs with the retailer. And that could be something where you're already selling your product or you are launching or you are trying to get listed. So there's three different areas and they all differ very slightly in your marketing tactics, obviously, depending on where you are in that cycle. I don't agree with the definition saying that common trade marketing is offering promotions to potential partners. Potentially it is, but that doesn't really usually sit with marketing. My experience sits with the account team because they are the direct contact. They look after the margins. They look after all of the finances. And so they're going to be doing this promo calendars with the retailers. So I don't really think that's an area where I would necessarily get involved. It's more in the tactics in those three different areas. So there is definitely extra steps with this kind of marketing. You're coordinating with the sales team. You're ensuring that you're synced up with not only the sales team, but also the store to ensure that you are hitting everything that you need to hit from a marketing tactic point of view. So where to start with this? 
if I am in a new job or if there is a new account or anything like that, I have 30 to 45 minutes with every single account manager and go through all of their listings. So what retailers are they in? What are they trying to be in? And what are we potentially launching? Ideally, I ask for their calendars if they have them so that I can then sort of layer it onto the marketing calendar. I then go into each individual retailer in detail and ask all of the questions. For ease, I'm gonna talk as if we are listed in a store because otherwise it's gonna get super complicated. So I go, okay, what are the peaks during the year? When are we on promo? Are we launching any new products? Is there anything else that I need to know? Also, do you have, along with that, the options of real estate marketing, as in like, what do we have available to us within the retailer's space that they will allow us to be into. So that's basically any of their channels. So whether that's digital or physical, hopefully they have kind of a a menu board of what is available. And then they'll go, a good example of this is go, okay, Emma, we're in promotion all of April. And I'll go, okay, what is the options of possible places where we could do marketing on their channels? And then I go, okay, this is what I want. And then they go negotiate if we have the money to even get into those places. Sometimes we won't have any of their real estate. It just depends on the situation. But as a marketer, I always ask, where could we go? Do we have any budget to go into these places? And another thing to know is typically my experience with trade marketing is the budget sits with the sales team and the accounts team. And then I just spend their money because they know how much we can spend with a certain retailer, if that makes sense. Because if it was up to me, how do I know if we are putting Walmart above Whole Foods, for example, or Tesco above Sainsbury's? So it's up to them. They come to me and say, this is how much money you've got to play with. And then I think that's an easy way to do it. And then marketing come up with the steps of how that's best to execute it. So I'm going to give you some of my examples of trade marketing that is more than just going to trade shows like that definition said. So first things first. Let's say you're going on offer in somewhere that you're already listed. So as I said, you have asked them to provide assets for their real estate. So some good examples of this would be, do they have an app? Do they have an email? Are there any physical store signs that we can go on, whether that's printed or digital? Do we have any opportunities to go on social? I find that that's a really good route, organic social, to get on their platforms in a much cheaper way. Like if we are getting physical store signs in 50 stores in England, that is gonna get expensive very, very quickly. So I always make sure that I ask what the prices are, what can we offer, what can we do, and kind of look at what their real estate is, what did they have that is bespoke to the retailer that we could potentially go into. And don't forget that just because it's more classic marketing doesn't mean that it doesn't, it's not trade marketing because it's still helping that product sell. So ask them. There's some other things that are a good thing to ask, like are there any key stores where we could maybe do a window display? Remember, it's gonna be a physical store. So if you are a product-based business and your other avenues are maybe selling online, there could be some other opportunities and some other avenues that you've not gone into before because you don't have like a physical location so my advice there is go and visit a couple of the stores and see kind of what's around and just see what you could then potentially ask for if they don't have a menu board some less expensive ones is if you want to stand out so there's lots of different ways that brands do this but it is very dependent on the retailer what is allowed and what's not allowed things called shelf talkers, which is essentially if something is on a shelf, (laughs) 
no surprises there. It then kind of has the key callouts below it, which is very similar to Barker's, which are, they stick out from the shelf and they have like things on like, if your product has low sugar or no sugar or is nutrition, or if there's something like you wanna call out within the product, or if it's a new product, they're really good ones. Other ones that are less common, especially in England, but floor stickers, I've done those before and I've even hung things from the ceiling. So when you are going into a new place, it's definitely worth asking the questions, especially if you're on a special promo, there might be a specific time where they do allow you to stand out a little bit more from the crowd. My next thing that is very trade marketing is some more acronyms for you. So again, I think it was my first week on the job and I was talking to accounts and everyone kept saying these and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I had to ask because if you, I just could not figure it out. So the first one is FSDU. Does anybody know what that stands for? It stands for Floor Standing Display Unit, I know. And the second one is CDU. So you might be able to guess that now. Well, maybe counter display unit. And I was literally like, I've never heard of that in my life. I've never seen that before in my life. What What is this alternative universe that people are talking about? But actually, when you figure out what a floor standing display unit is, anybody that goes shopping, you're have, gonna have seen this before. So typically these are gonna be end of aisles. And basically it says, it does what it says on the tin, it's on the floor standing display unit of your products. So these are branded your brand. They are your responsibility to make them and create them. And then you, when it's more often than not when you're in promotion, you then put them into these different stores, gas stations, supermarkets, whatever it might be. And you have extra product, which is great because it's a second sighting. And so you're going to sell more. And if you're in promotion, it's like double whammy. You're on promotion, you're in a second site during the store and you're in these really nice floor standing display units. They are only for your product. And so it's a really nice thing because you can brand them. And I think that that is one of like the most creative places that you can as a brand put your input into trade marketing. Now there is a couple of things to think about if you're in charge of creating your floor standing display units or FSDUs. And one is a more practical consideration is it sturdy enough? Is it gonna be flat packed? How can the stores make it? Is it gonna stand the test of time? Obviously with sustainability in your in your mind, can it last more than one promotion cycle? How do they get delivered? How do they put get put up? The weight of your product, does it literally hold the weight? If you have something like a drink, can it hold lots of those drinks? Obviously, that's not the most ideal place to put your drinks because if your drinks are ambient, that's not going to be as good as if they're in the fridge. So I would rather use FSDUs for ambient food items. Also, then when you come to designing the actual FSDUs with your creative team, think less about the product and more about the brand for two reasons. One, this is your extra time to get more brand awareness. So focus on the brand versus the product. If you are a very, very well-known brand, then you can focus on the product. So if you're the Cokes of the world, they're just gonna highlight their new product and they're gonna make it product specific because that's why they've done it. If this is one of your first or second times having this space, I would do a blend of 
brand and then I would add a selection of products for two reasons. One, for brand awareness, but two, if you put the one product on your FSDU, you then cannot use that design if you have another product. And so that's also fine if you've got plenty of money, you've done all your planning and you know that you've gone to have the exact amount of FSDUs for that one product. But a more generalist way to think about it is okay if we just do these fsdus that just have our brand and our selection of products then they can go in a range of stores we aren't shoehorned into that's not the saying is it we're not shoehorned into it we're not pigeonholed into just using that fsdu with that one certain product and if you are on a massive scale then it's fine you can do that but if this is kind of your first or second time doing fsdus trust me go brand and then put a couple of like the best key benefits for your customer also, if you're abroad, I see these loads more and they love a QR code on FSDUs. I've done them abroad and I've done them with QR codes, but they don't really have QR codes on in the UK. I don't know. I don't know about it. And then CDUs is very similar. It's just your counter display unit. These are not as common, but you might see them in petrol stations around. I'm saying petrol, and petrol station and gas station, aren't I? I'm trying to be multicultural, but it's just coming across like I'm saying different words. So sorry about that. Are you struggling to know how to create a multi-channel marketing plan? Or if you want to take the next step in your career to becoming a confident, successful marketing manager, the course I have created will take you through how to create a comprehensive marketing plan for whatever your industry and whoever your target audience is. Simply visit marketing-nuggets-school.teachable.com to get your hands on my newly made course. And if you don't like it, it's a 30-day back guarantee. Okay, keeping with in stores. So say your account manager has negotiated an end of aisle. This is great. This is a really good thing for sales because end of aisles, there's lots and lots and lots of research into these. Your sales go up on your end of aisle because they basically stand out, their eye level, you got it. You know, it's easy, easy. So this is great. This is a really good opportunity. So it's another good time to say, great, what can we do? Can we do anything like shelf stickers? But can we do something better? Whilst you're on end of aisle, you can't have FSDUs, but could there be something within the display that you could do something exciting? So a couple of experiences that I've had, I have hung things from the ceiling before, but then I've also created like literally new display boxes that fit on the shelf still, but make the product pop more because there's more detail around them. So it's not just your regular box that they come in, it's like something that's completely different. It costs more, absolutely, but there could be times and places where it's like, this is where we're gonna go big, this is where we're gonna get more hype for our product and this is where we are going to be spending that money on those things. The next one is something that is more common with wholesalers so they might have their own trade magazines and so the point of this is their retailers read these magazines and then kind of select what they want to purchase and sell in their own stores or it might be that they just are going to get it anyway but it's just a good kind of awareness tactic to know that that's coming so this is a good tactic to do if you've got mpd and mpd stands for new product development so if you've got an mpd new product then it might be a really good one to go into trade magazines the difference with a trade magazine is you need you usually need to get over much more like specific things so if you're in a consumer magazine you are literally just saying these are the benefits that are gonna make you feel amazing and this is why the product is great. If it's a trade magazine, you might need to focus more on like 
the costs, if there's any like specific barcodes that they need, if there's any like key dates where they're gonna be available, where they're gonna be available, what size dimensions they are, anything that might be like more pertinent to a retailer to know to make a decision. So those ones can be a bit more complicated. So that's a really important example of making sure you're liaising with your account manager before you go and create those ads. The next one is something that is if you are trying to either get into a new place or if you have a listing already and you're trying to get a new flavor in or a new product in and that's sending out samples. So the account team or the sales team or the new new wins team, however the business is set up, are probably gonna be sending out lots of samples to all of these different buyers. Now, where marketing can help is how are they sending those samples out? Are they gonna be remembered? Are they in a good way? And more likely than not, your marketing team is doing this anyway because you will be creating really cool PR boxes for potentially influencers or media. And so it's having those conversations with your accounts team going, how many do you want? Do you need any? And that's around if we have, like if there's any new products or if you're trying to sell somewhere, and yes, these cost money, but that's where it's like these internal conversations. Is it worth the money? How many do you want? Make sure they tell you how many they need before you put in your order and try and keep them as close to your PR boxes as possible so that they can work for either areas. And definitely think about these in terms of your wow factor, but also keeping into consideration your cost and also, of course, sustainability as well. But that is definitely a really nice touch where the marketing team can really help the account teams to get those extra wins. So going on to a bit more of the general trade support. So this one is not just related to one store, but it is with your audience in mind that are those retailers, distributors or wholesalers. So this is an area called trade press. So I've done an episode on press, PR, media, and one area that might help you if you are trying to get just more awareness is looking at those key media publications where those people are reading them for work purposes. So a good example of this in the UK for food products is the grocer. And you might be tackling this from two different areas, your editorial and your advertorial. So just a quick reminder, editorial is when you're pitching to them to get featured. So maybe if you've got a new product launching, you could write a press release and send it into them. But if you are trying to definitely get that space and that coverage, then an advertorial is guaranteed because one, it's paid for, so they are. But an advertorial is slightly different to an advert because it's basically a blend of editorial and advert, which means that there's gonna be writing along with your ad. So it doesn't seem quite as paid media. It is more subtle, but also it gets more activity across. And that's not gonna just be for one specific distributor, but it is just helping get your brand awareness to those key audience that could be purchasing your product to sell in their stores. Another one in the same category is, as the classic definition said, is trade shows. Now there's two different kinds of trade shows that go along with this. So there's one which is like completely separate to to any distributor and that is like industry-wide. So you might have these industry exhibitions which you go to along with lots of other people in your categories and essentially the people that come to the shows are those buyers and then they decide if they're going to list you or not into their store where you're not completely there. It's also good if you're already in stores but to go if you've got MPDs, if you've got new products or just to keep front of mind. 
I am going to do a whole episode actually on trade shows because that is another area that I was thrown into and had to learn all about exhibition stands, building them, health and safety, power to stands, what attracts both consumers and buyers to stands. So I'm going to do one separately on that. So I'm not going to go too much into it. But the second type of trade show is where it is a like just one brand. So for example, if you have a massive wholesaler and the wholesaler has a lot of franchisees, I know it's not franchisor and franchisees, retailers, I think it's wholesaler and retailers, yeah, where basically it's up to that retailer whether what's, what products they stock under the wholesale roof. And so you go to say a specific trade show, I'm trying to like not name any brands, but you go to a specific trade show and the guests of that trade show are people that are franchisees of that. And so those ones, you, you need to work much closely with your account manager because you need to know exactly what you're stocking, what are the what do you want to get across, what are the flavours, etc. So they are two different ways, but the fundamentals from a marketing perspective, yes, for the ones that are specific to a wholesaler, you need to talk to the account manager. But except for that, the kind of basics and the bread and butter are very, very similar to if you're just doing an exhibition that is industry-wide and not brand-specific. Okay, I'm nearly finished with this podcast, I swear. So just some final thoughts on how you could go above and beyond to support quote-unquote trade marketing. And this comes back to pretty much the first point that I made is I mentioned about how you can ask the retailers what channels they have that we are allowed to go on. But think of it the other way as well. Could you have some classic of your marketing channels that could support trade marketing and get the demand up for where you are selling your products? So look at your classic marketing. What could you do that will help sales? So some good examples of this is say paid social. So say you have a promo in every key airport in England. You can geo-target and demo target get your demographic as well don't just target the whole airport unless you are a brand that is for every target audience and you can put some spend behind it for when you're on promotion using your own channels getting that across so that you have a little extra support it works the same for google as well but also and another way that you could do this is influencers so there i have been known that when we have launched into a store before to send all of influencers and content creators into those stores to literally like vlog themselves buying the product finding it where is it in store literally like get having like the you the user generated experience of them going into store finding it trying it tasting it and just kind of bringing a bit more of the normalcy into everyday life of your marketing across to the trade marketing so they're just two quick examples of Channels that, yeah, they're not trade marketing, but they can really help support your efforts with your trade marketing. And I definitely think what I've touched on about trade marketing is the difficult thing to figure out with this is who gets the support, how much support do they get, and when do they get it? Because if you are listed in a lot and lot of places, then it is going to be really difficult to juggle your resource into how you support. So That's why when you get a little bit bigger, trade marketing does kind of become its own area, but it, you can learn it. It, it, It's one that is nicely complemented with the rest of the marketing team. And there is definitely a place for you to learn it. So this is a quick cheat sheet on trade marketing. So you'll know what it is. If you're ever asked to do it or you're ever asked to support 
my biggest piece of advice is have really good relationships with the account teams on this. That's they're gonna really, really help you and kind of be that secondary support, which is really nice because you don't get that in your classic marketing channels. So it is like an additional person to help you and figure out what is gonna be the best route. So I hope this helped. And look out for the episode on trade shows specifically to give you some behind the scenes. And I'm going to do lots of story times in those ones to help you learn from my mistakes. So I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host, Emma, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now.